It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. So Forrest recently released their financial figures for the year May 2019 to 2020. So we took the opportunity to ask a few questions of um, Kieran Maguire, who's the price of football on Twitter and a renowned football finance expert. So, first of all, um, I'd just like to thank Kieran for taking the time out of his busy schedule to to answer these questions for us. Um, it's really, really interesting. Firstly, um, Forrester just lost their sponsor, Football Index. Um, I assume that the payments from the sponsors were not just like a lump sum at the start of the deal, but they're done over the course of that deal. So I guess that means that Forrester are now going to have a shortfall in all their budgets until a new sponsor is, placed, in, is in place. Does that sound right? The collapse of Football Index certainly isn't good news for Forrest because I suspect they would have been looking forward to renewing or extending the existing front of shirt sponsorship deal. I think the decision to immediately sever the links and and to remove the the sponsorship from the front of shirt is the appropriate thing to do given the circumstances. We'll find out in due course whether or not the payment was in was in instalments, although most sponsorship deals tend to be signed uh, with an annual payment or at least a, a couple of a year. So fingers crossed that Forrest may have may have had the full amount that was due to them for 2020-21. And um, at the moment, betting companies make up a huge part of club sponsorship in general. Uh, I've heard that they're going to be banned soon, so how do you foresee that playing out? Betting logos cover around about two-thirds of the shirts in the Championship and just under half in the Premier League. 
there's clearly uh, a desire within politicians to address this because gambling has certainly increased here in, in the UK and internationally. If we take a look at uh, Bet365, for example, the, the total value of the, the stakes that they've received was £5 million pounds sorry, £5 billion a decade ago, which had risen to £65 billion by 2019. So that was you know, a factor of 13 over the course of the last decade. There, there is uh, a sense of unease that uh, gambling and football seem too closely linked. Um, the, the gambling companies are the, the biggest players in town when it comes to the, the non-big six clubs of the Premier League and in terms of sponsorship, in terms of sponsorship. But they're not the only people in town uh, talking to a commercial director of a championship club. Recently, he said that uh, the gambling companies are probably paying twice as much as other potential sponsors and he foresees a big scramble over the course of this summer as championship and premier league clubs who presently have gambling arrangements start to try to find alternatives with the fear that legislation might make might take that decision away from them so forest have just released their um, annual figures uh, for the year 2019-2020 up to may 2020 so these figures barely take account of covid Apart from the breaking games, is the biggest impact going to be the lack of fans in the stadium? And what percentage of revenue do ticket sales make up for for most championship clubs? How does that compare against the Premiership and against League One? Forest normally make around about 30% of their total revenues from ticket sales. So that's around about £7 million a year. You're correct in that there wasn't a huge impact on the accounts in 2019-20, given that the, the season finished at the, the end of May uh, from an accounting point of view. So only a few matches were impacted. However, uh, Forest will have lost effectively the whole of that £7 million in 2020-21, uh, given the uh, inability to, to have matches before a paying, paying audience. As far as the Premier League is concerned, it does very much vary from club to club. If you, if you look at the smaller clubs, the likes of Bournemouth when they were in the Premier League, uh, Burnley, Crystal Palace and so on, um, they, they can have as little as 4 or 5% of their revenues coming from ticket sales. Overall in the Premier League, it works out as about £1 in every seven is coming through the turnstiles. As we drop into the EFL, that percentage increases. And by the time you get to League Two, we're talking normally around about 35 to 40% of, of ticket sales. To some clubs, it's even as much as half um, in, in terms of the, the proportion of their total revenues. In, in the Championship, uh, I think it's important to distinguish between those clubs in receipt of parachute payments, who clearly have a financial advantage over the others, and, and those which do not. But uh, you know, Forest at, at around about 30%, I would say, is somewhere towards the norm for those clubs not in receipt of parachute payments. And given the impact of COVID on some of the biggest leagues in Europe, like Italy, Spain, France, are we about to see some sort of financial power shift? Clubs in England, especially those in the Premier League, could have an advantage over those on, in, on continental Europe over the course of this year when it comes to player recruitment. The reason for that is that the, the Premier League has the insulation of its uh, very lucrative TV deal, which is far bigger than that of countries such as Germany, Italy, Spain and France. And therefore, 
the it has relatively extra money. If we take a look at the transfer market in the summer of 2020, overall within UEFA, it was down in terms of value by about a third. But if you take out the Premier League from that, it actually fell in value by around about a half. The reason for this is that there are fewer clubs who have money which can be spent and there are more clubs who have players that they need to sell because they are struggling financially to survive. You put that into any uh, economic model uh, with uh, with lower demand and higher supply, it's going to result in, in a fall in prices. So if a club has an owner who has private wealth, which can be brought into the club, then this could be, uh, in the summer of 2021, a real opportunity to sign players, especially from Europe, because there are so many clubs, especially in France, where the TV deal has collapsed, as well as the lack of sale of matchday tickets. And, and therefore, there are opportunities. The one caveat in, res- in respect of all this is that following the decision to leave the European Union, uh, where where now the, that if you are recruiting players, it's going to be on a points-based system as opposed to the, the, managing, the manager and the recruitment team wanting that player because he happens to be good. So it will be more challenging to recruit players, but I'm, I'm sure that uh, if where there's a will, there's a way. Now, back to Forrest. Um, we're in the slightly strange situation of owning the stadium but not the land that it's built on. So does this limit the club's opportunities for refinancing? Although Forrest don't own the land on which the city ground is based that shouldn't be too much of an issue the the uh, the landlord uh, will be more than happy for the the uh, the stadium to be redeveloped because potentially when it comes to the next rate rent negotiation it put them in an even stronger position than they are at present so i i don't foresee too much of an issue here and um, the only consideration could be in respect of lenders. If the outstanding lease is for a relatively short period of time, then you tend to find lenders are a little bit more concerned because they face the prospect of a stadium which effectively has no value if you no longer are able to use the land on which it's based. Okay, and given that Forrest is spending £150 for every £100 of income, and we're nowhere near the worst offenders as far as spending goes, is the Premier League the only way for championship clubs to become sustainable? There's two ways for the clubs in the championship to become sustainable. Um, one is the promotion route, but even so, we are, we are seeing the clubs that are promoted to the Premier League. They tend to have one season in which they're making profits. And then immediately after, because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses as far as the Premier League is concerned in terms of recruiting players and uh, rewarding their existing players with enhanced contracts to prevent them from leaving, that you, you're seeing significant losses being made. So I think a classic example here would be Brighton. They they went up in, in 2017, they made a profit in 2018, and they've made substantial losses in, in the two subsequent seasons in the Premier League. So the idea that uh, the Premier League is a gravy train and that clubs and owners will make a significant amount of money from promotion is actually a bit of a myth. The main beneficiaries of promotion actually tend to be players themselves because the, the wages in the Premier League, we are now averaging around about £2.6 million a year uh, in, in terms of a Premier League contract compared to just £800,000 a year in the Championship. 
the other way that clubs in the championship can become sustainable is to simply turn around and say no to to wage demands and try to run the club uh, in in a, with a long term budget and and with a, with the aim of uh, just trying to be as competitive as possible. Having said that, if you, if we take a look at the accounts of clubs in the championship in 2019. The only club that made a proper operating profit that season was Rotherham United, and they were rewarded with uh, relegation to League One. The club that made the biggest losses that season was Aston Villa, and of course Aston Villa were promoted by the playoffs. In one of my earlier business ventures, um, we took external investment. We got an investor to come in and he gave us an absolute load of money um, for us to spend on developing our product. Um, at the end of two years, we'd spent hundreds of thousands of pounds of his money and we had nothing to show for it by the end. We went back to the investor and he said, I fund 10 companies like yours every year and only one of them succeeds and that's where I make my money back. However, football owners can't spread their bets in that way. So, is this a bubble that's going to burst? Is the bubble going to burst? I don't think it will. And the reason why I say that is that if we take a look at the history of clubs, especially of those in the championship, is that the one thing that the clubs have learned is absolutely nothing. If we go back to the collapse of ITV Digital, that was uh, supposedly a real game changer. Clubs were going to learn their lesson. They were going to be more moderate in terms of their spending. And it slowed things down for 12 months. We then had the global economic crash in 2007. Uh, this was going to, in theory, cut back on the amount of lending by banks uh, to the football sector. But all that's happened is that bank loans have now become now uh, are generated from other sources. If we then look at the introduction of financial fair play uh, in, in 2012-2013, uh, the, the rules did look quite uh, severe and would have been challenging. So almost immediately, the clubs voted to dilute the rules. Uh, so therefore, the clubs could spend even more money. And when making uh, losses of £39 million pounds, uh, wasn't uh, wasn't enough for some club owners. They they went to their accountants and lawyers, and they started coming up with schemes such as um, sponsorship from very friendly parties, uh, transferring employment contracts to uh, other parts of of an owner's group, and of course selling the the club stadium to the club owner uh, via another company at a huge profit, and those profits counted towards FFP. So. The rules are, are poor, the lessons learned are negligible, and football will fumble its way through uh, with these crazy losses in the division. And the main reason why I say that is that there are broadly two types of owners of clubs in the championship. There's, there are some owners that uh, are genuinely concerned about the club's sustainability and they will set budgets accordingly and, and try to uh, impose some form of restraint. They'll get shouted at by fans for lacking ambition and be told that you need to speculate to accumulate. But it's, it's a lot easier to speculate when you're using somebody else's money, I've, I've historically found. Uh, and then there are those owners who see a football club as, as a glorified trophy asset. 
it's the same as owning a fleet of racehorses or a Formula One team or a, a big yacht or a, an apartment in Monaco. It's something to show off to your friends. What's unique about football is that you, know, you, you could, in a couple of years, be hosting Liverpool or Manchester United at your ground. And, and that means the prices that people are prepared to pay for football clubs tends to be quite high. And the willingness of owners in the championship to overspend is... Uh, is based on the fact that they they want to be that person who can show off the club to their their friends and their peer group, um, and also they like the adulation that they get from the fans, and their business heads simply go out of the window. Yeah, in Forest's uh, relatively recent history, I can see us having uh, both types of owners there. Uh, I'm not entirely sure where Mr. Maranakis sits on on that spectrum. Um, so thank you, thank you so much uh, to Kieran Maguire for taking the time to, to give us those answers. I have to say, football finance still makes no sense to me whatsoever, but there's some really, really interesting details in what he had to say there. Um, I hope you found that useful, and thank you very much for listening. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.